0: to talk to me, he says, tell me more. I've never felt so interesting before until Charlie. Philosophy, I can hear it boring out of me. I've been giving interviews like this for years. It seems in my dreams...
1: Welcome back to Composer Quest. I'm Charlie McCarran, a composer in Minneapolis, and I started this show because I wanted to share insights from other composers and songwriters about how they make music. You can hear all the episodes at ComposerQuest.com. If you've been enjoying the show and want to help spread the word, I would really appreciate it. We have a Facebook page, a Twitter page, And a little review in iTunes wouldn't hurt things either, so thanks for helping support the podcast. This episode, I'm happy to bring you a wordsmith and fantastic singer, Jenny Katz.
0: I am an eyeball, I am nothing else at all, I am a particle of God.
1: I met Jenny through an online songwriting contest called Spin Tunes, and I was really impressed by her work. So I asked Jenny how she goes about songwriting. And she says for her, writing lyrics is a very physical thing. She feels the words rolling around in her chest like marbles. I'd never had that kind of experience myself, so it was interesting hearing about Jenny's process in writing lyrics. Also in this episode, we get to hear some of the stories behind the songs on Jenny's new Kickstarter-supported album, Galaxies.
2: One of my favorite lines that I've ever written is in that song. He runs his fingers through the hair on her back. (laughs) <laughs> I love that we're really all that freaky You know, we're, we're all freaks
1: So it was a delight talking with Jenny Katz And I hope you enjoy our conversation too
0: The bearded lady and the fat man They've got each other and they've got a plan
1: So you just released a new album, Galaxies How did that project come about?
2: Well, it was... Many years coming, I grew up, my dad is a professional jazz pianist. He grew up in Chicago, sat in on sousaphone in the jazz clubs when he was 12. My brother is extraordinarily talented. My dad is really talented. And I, I sort of always thought of them as the, the real musicians. And then it wasn't until I had my kids and I realized, God, music was all around me when I was growing up. And it's not around my kids all the time. So I took up the guitar and I started playing, and I was terrible, but at least I could sing them little songs and lullabies and stuff. Then I guess it was probably about eight years ago that I got serious and started taking some lessons and learned jazz chords, And but even then I wasn't a songwriter yet. Have you ever heard of NaNoWriMo?
1: Uh, Yeah.
2: So, you know, that's a write a novel in a month thing. It's not a songwriting thing, but so I did NaNoWriMo one year and i actually did it again the next year and that's that's in the month of november and you write 50,000 words in a month and the following year i was i thought you know i love the productivity of that month but i don't want to write another novel i'm i'm not feeling that so i'm going to write a song a day instead and so i did i wrote 30 songs in november and it was an a revelation for me you know a lot of them were terrible but a couple of them were good and all the characters that I wanted to come to me when I was writing novels and wouldn't come would come to me for songs. It was the right size vessel. You know, at this point, I was 40 years old and I had my one teenager and one almost teenager and, and I had my regular job. And it, it wasn't exactly time to go touring or, <laughs> or anything like that. Yeah. But people said, hey, you should, you should do an album. And I had a couple of particularly persistent friends who are artists themselves and had done a successful Kickstarter campaign. And they said, you, you should just do a Kickstarter campaign, you know, just whatever, just put it up, just see. I thought, oh, gosh, I have to make this really professional. I have to go get a great video. And then, as is very typical for me, I, my big plans, what does Thoreau say? You know, young man wants to build a ladder to the moon and then 20 years later builds a woodshed with the lumber. So I um, I just took my son out, who was like 10 at the time, and said, just videotape me on my phone. And it was perfectly just as good as anything I could have bought. It was actually better, because it was just me being real. And I think that was what people responded to in the campaign. And within four days, I had reached my goal, and I ended up raising about $6,000. And it's a really great platform if anybody has been thinking about trying it and isn't sure I would totally recommend it. I really admire how it's set up. It's very easy. It was really fun for me to do. You can do updates and all that kind of stuff. It was really a completely positive experience. Cool. And I enjoyed how it came out. And, of course, I listen to it now, and I think, oh, <laughs> I would do this differently, and I would do that differently.
1: <laughs> maybe you will in a And maybe album. I will.
2: There are actually three albums I'd like to do next. <laughs> I'd like to do a children's album. Uh, Because I think most of today's children's music is pretty horrible, and just kind of stupid and overproduced. And I think really the the stuff that I liked growing up and the stuff that I would like to write is the kind of songs that you could sing if you were in the car or if you were in the bathtub or whatever, that with no instrumentation, maybe you could bang on the back of your seat and sing it with your kids.
0: Hey, junkyard dog, with your hair matted and your ear gone. Hey. Junkyard dog, I'm just going to sit here. Hey, junkyard dog, I know you're scared. Your life is hard. Hey, junkyard dog, I'm not going to
2: touch you. I'd like to do a jazz album with my dad. I mentioned earlier that my brother and my dad are both exceptionally talented and skilled. And so when I actually learned guitar, the three of us performed for a while, for about a year as a group called Cat's Family Picnic. And to see them start to look at me with a different kind of respect and really be accepted as one of those people who knew as much as they did and, and in some cases could do what they couldn't do. You know, neither of them is nearly as prolific a songwriter as I am. So it was almost a kind of growing up into being an adult with your family, which is, in some cases, (laughs) never happens. You know, into a mature relationship, you always keep having the patterns that you had when you were little, and uh, it kind of broke through that, so that was exciting. So I would love to do an album with him. Uh, And the third album, I would like to do a Christmas album. I think that would be a fun, comparable challenge to writing a song a day, would be to write some good Christmas songs. (laughs) I don't know if it's possible, (laughs) but I'd like to try
1: do you listen to Sufjan Stevens?
2: He's been recommended to me, but I have never oh. uh, actually listened to him.
1: He has one of the best Christmas albums ever. Okay. I think, yeah. Really fun songs.
2: Oh, good. I'll look it up.
1: Let's go back to NaNoWriMo. Okay. Because I, I didn't know you were a novelist.
2: Well, um, I, I don't know that I would say that I am a novelist. I would say I'm a failed novelist. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, I did finish NaNoWriMo in the sense that I did the word count, but... Um, that is my job. I mean, I'm not a novelist by trade, but I am a prose writer. That's how I earn my living. And when I was at school, I took fiction classes, loved it. I actually won the Yale Fiction Prize as a senior. And so oh. I thought, okay, I'm going to go off and be a novelist. But I just couldn't, I could start. I was really good at starting and I have great ideas, <laughs> but I couldn't get much past about Sixty pages, and that was the farthest I ever got and you know when you take writing classes in school, just because they 're somewhat short, you know you have three hours a week to talk about it. you tend to study short stories, and that was what I studied, so that was what I think I had in my in my head i wasn 't even though i'd read novels all my life that wasn 't what I had practiced writing, so when I sat down to write i didn 't have that form in my head, and I just didn 't believe in myself it wasn 't. I don't know. I had two st- my. I had iron clamps on myself. At one point, I even bought a manual typewriter. I thought maybe the noise would just shut up the stupid editor, <laughs> and <laughs> it that was it was somewhat successful. That was when I wrote my sixty pages, and so it was a thrill to realize that by combining a story with music, it was a kind of depth and emotion. I didn't have to say everything with the words, and it was a much more right-brained process than writing a novel was for me that was a very left brain process
1: well what kind of things did you learn in writing a song a day
2: well i think the chief benefit was to just it, you had no time to be so critical you know you couldn't say oh yeah, that's a good idea but you know it'd probably be better if it's just like well finish it <laughs> you just got to finish it. it has to be done by the end of the day I have had many people give me great advice in many ways. My brother has been great in terms of talking about structure. You know, he was helpful to say, well, you know, when you get to the chorus, if you've been putting this many words in, put half as many words in when you get to the chorus. I also had to do things very differently because with 30 different days, I couldn't just do the same groove every day. I ended up experimenting more than I might have otherwise. You know, I did some spoken word stuff.
0: Stories about should and stories about liked and stories about
2: having to do everything right and muzzle what you actually feel. Clamp down on everything real. I did some rock. I did some jazz. I did a reggae song. I did some kids' songs. I did some alternate tunings. You know, I I just needed to do anything for a new idea so it was fun to see oh you change something change anything change a string tuning and all of a sudden your brain is going to make new connections your neurons are going to attach to this in a different way
1: yeah in listening to your music i like how free form some of it is your melodies that you sing and the rhythms you sing it's thanks like, um the song you play for example
0: i love the things you do with rhythm with a mellow melody or something bubbly uh uh-huh phrase that stays in memory for days i
2: wish that i could be the air you
0: pull into your chest
2: with every breath it's funny that you mentioned that one because that's one of my very favorites and that's maybe my husband's favorite on the album but most people don't mention that one you know it's such a little song but that song i wrote because i wanted to learn some complicated chords and for me, I can't just practice a chord. If I don't use it in a song, I'll forget it. I, in particular, that song, it starts with the major nine chord. I remember writing the lyrics to that. I, I never write lyrics first. So I had written some cool chord progression and I had some ideas for lyrics, but I wasn't fitting them in any particular form. It certainly wasn't in a stanza, but they were clearly the words. <laughs> you know, that, mm-hmm. that was the word. It was like a poem. And so I had to, just do whatever they said (laughs) yeah so I like being a servant to the process rather than a master when I try to be a master to the process it usually sucks (laughs) frankly
0: I'd like to be the words you say I'd like to be the song you
2: play
1: what are some of your other favorites on the album
2: I like listening to Princess Incognito because that was the first song that I wrote. Ever? At, ever. In fact, when I wrote it, I couldn't play guitar. I wrote it with a friend of mine who played guitar, and he had written the chord structure, and I took the song and I wrote the melody and the words, but I still couldn't play it. I could never play it. You know, I wasn't good enough. And years later, I could finally play it. And so it's hilarious to me to listen to it because I I press play and the guitar starts and I think, who is that? And then I go, oh, it's me. (laughs) (laughs) Besotted, that was one of the songs I wrote during that November. That was a really fun song to write. That was just a rhyming game, basically. I was like, well, how many things, I don't remember how I came up with the word besotted as the task for the day, but, you know, how many things can I rhyme with it? And what I think is the best rhyme in the song, which is, uh, if you move to the moon, I'll get astronauted, actually isn't my (laughs) rhyme. It was my 10-year-old's rhyme. I got my eye upon you, besotted.
0: If you moved to the moon, I'd get astronauted. And I'm going to give you all that
2: you ever wanted. Get my thumb on your karate. On Galaxies, which was intended just to be me singing and me on guitar, I walked in one day, my dad was playing the mix and uh, playing around on the piano you know, with it as he was listening. And I said, my God, that sounds great. Will you do that? Will you lay down a track? And he said, sure. And he didn't. His deal as a musician right now is he's really interested in teaching people how to improvise. Uh, he's written a, a great course, actually, called Taming the Wild Piano. And you could find it at tamingthewildpiano.com. And he, so he's playing Galaxies. And he goes, you know, this is almost all just in G. This would be a really simple song to improvise over. You should have Emerson do it, my younger son, the, who was 11 at that time. So we called Emerson in had him sit down at the keyboard. He's taking piano lessons and said, Emerson, you know, will you, will you just improvise to this? And so he did a little bit and he went through a couple times and it was fine. You know, it wasn't anything really exciting. But I thought, but then
1: again, he's 11.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, whatever it was, it was good enough. I thought, Oh, I can, I'm good at cutting and pasting. I can mix this into something interesting. So he said, thanks Emerson. That's great. Okay. So the next morning I come downstairs and I go over to my dad's computer and look for the file that has Emerson's improvising on it and I can't find it. And I call my dad and he comes over and he can't find it. And we look at each other we're like, oh, my God, we didn't save it. We didn't record it somehow. We lost it. So I said, hey, Emerson, <laughs> come in here. And he's a very good-natured kid. I said, "We got you have to do it again. He said, all right. So he sat down and just played the most extraordinary thing. And it, it was just my dad and her looking at each other like, what? Where did this come from? You know, it really seemed like, wow, we lost those files for a reason. If you listen in headphones, it's Emerson in my right ear and my dad on my left ear. It's two keyboards. And it's so beautiful. And I think, here's my father on my one hand and my son on my other hand. And there's this one point where Emerson just hits this high note, and I just tear up every time.
0: frozen spine and get your nerve back how do you let yourself dare to walk a barefooted path over broken glass what do you do with your face in the mirror your past in the future your heart on the sleeve what do you do when you can't stand leave and you can't stop You never felt this way before But galaxies spin out where we've never been So why is it so crazy they should spin within
2: I just love words in and of themselves And I love stories and storytelling You know, I think of Joan Didion's, one of her essays We tell ourselves stories in order to live So I've always been really interested in storytelling and in the mechanics of it, like for me, a sentence or a line in a lyric is almost a spatial thing. It's like a three-dimensional thing. It's like a row of bottles of different sizes. And I can feel in my chest, basically, if there's a bottle that's not the right size, you know, if it needs to be bigger or longer or taller or whatever. It's a very body process for me, writing lyrics. Mm. When it's working, it's a playful process where it's just kind of rolling around in my chest, like marbles in my chest sort of, you know, and hmm. I don't know. It's hard to explain.
1: Like, huh. I've never had a physical reaction to words. I, well, the sound of words. Yeah. Way, sir.
2: yeah. I'll often start writing lyrics by speaking nonsense syllables or singing nonsense syllables over a line and Almost invariably, the vowel sounds that I use in the nonsense syllables are the vowel sounds that end up in the final lyrics because it's just what mm-hmm. my body wants to do at that point. You know, wants to go, or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and it's and, and the lyrics end up being that.
1: Do you ever run into problems of trying to fit lyrics to those vowel sounds?
2: Oh, uh, sometimes, but usually I have to. Give <laughs> like it's everything is subservient to the sound rather than the meaning. I will, I'll end up changing meaning before I'll change sound. Although, I have had, <laughs> I do try to fit a lot of lyrics in sometimes. I've had a lot of people say, Wow, that's that's pretty wordy. That's there are a lot of words in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I don't write a, a very many pop, so- simple kind of pop songs, and actually, on the occasion when I do. Right, a very simple song like rock which it was just me s- just saying something basically and putting it to to music i think those are actually s- my strongest songs the simpler ones
1: yeah well you had sent me that demo of rock a few years ago i think and yeah that's definitely one of my favorites of yours
2: it's a nice it has a lot of space you have to really trust yourself, I think, to give something space, to not fill it up with something clever or technical or you know impressive in some way and just be like, here I am, here's, here's my feeling, here's, here's my heart. And if you're looking for a rock
0: You want to catch your breath If you need a place where you can find some rest When you're lost at sea You can just swim back to me
1: The song The Bearded Lady and the Fat Man I think is one of my favorites on the album too. I like that one. But I I
2: wanted to do a music video of it. I wanted to... (laughs) I wanted to have every woman that I know film herself shaving, <laughs> shaving oh. her face in the mirror. You know, obviously not really shaving, but, you know, with shaving cream on and shaving and then do like a montage of a 100 women shaving. And hilariously to me, every man that I tell about that idea is like, oh, gross. Oh, that's <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> But I think it's hilarious. The fattest man in the world and the primitive fur covered woman
0: from darkest Brazil. Pay a quarter and take a peek. You catch them back there in between shows, snatching kisses and speaking low. The bearded lady and
2: the fat man, they've been an item since the circus began. One of my favorite lines that I've ever written is in that song where uh, he, you know, runs he runs his fingers, fingers through the through hair on her back. back. He, he says, you know, I've know, never I've been, never so, been happy. so happy. It's a delightful line to sing to an audience because it's so surprising, you know, and it, and it, but it doesn't hammer you over the head with it. Like you, you have to just let it in and the audience always laughs. I, <laughs> I love that we're really all that freaky. You know, we're, we're all freaks. So to treat any love as seriously as any other love was what was fun for me in that song.
1: Yeah, it's, it's just a good life lesson kind of song, <laughs> I think.
2: <laughs> two wrongs may not make a
0: right But two loving freaks make a very nice night So go and turn the gas lamps blue Baby, let me be a freak with you.
1: The song um, More Than Reasons, too. Mm. I I like that one. Oh,
2: and I can tell you exactly what the genesis is of that one. That was another simple one. We watched some TV special on Jeff Bridges. And he loves country music or he plays country music or something. And I woke up the next morning and I thought, I'm going to write my husband a love song, a country love song. I'd never written a country song before. And he was asleep. So I didn't want to get out the guitar. And so I just sat on the couch and wrote it in my head. And the whole thing was written in about an hour and a half before I even picked up the guitar. And I hadn't done that before. And I think that was an excellent discipline for me. Because sometimes when I pick up the guitar, I derail myself. I forget what I was originally feeling. So I wrote the whole thing just on feeling and not on hearing anything except what was inside. Why
0: do I love you so bad? Why would I drive five hundred miles for the sight of the light in your eyes? How do you reach me so? why can't i sleep until i can breathe you how do you ease me so why do i care this way i can't seem to tear myself
2: away
1: what kind of tips do you have for people on writing songs
2: what kind of tips do I have? Well, I thought that the NaNoWriMo thing was great. Even if you don't want to do a song a day, the discipline of deadlines for me is really pretty essential. I don't get much done if I don't say, you're going to write a song this week. The uh, Spin Tunes competitions are so great. You know, your song is due here in a week. Write it. It helps. It works. You know, and even if you get something that's sort of lousy, you get something and then you can work with it and see, well, what's good about that? I would highly recommend, you know, some kind of, some kind of discipline. Cause otherwise it's too easy to just not. One of the rewards of my Kickstarter back uh, campaign was if you gave a thousand dollars, I would write you a song to your specifications. And uh, two people did avail themselves of that. One of them was my mom. <laughs> <laughs> so for her, I, um, She's a big Joni Mitchell fan. So I listened to a couple of Joni Mitchell albums and I actually took a tuning from one of her songs that I just liked the sound of and said, all right, I'm going to use this tuning. I felt my heart be lifted. You know, there's no shame, I find, in any of that. Shakespeare stole everything. And, you know, you you can at least then have a jumping-off place. I was worried for many years in writing prose, oh, I'm not original, I'm not original, I'm not being unique. And that was a killing feeling. You know, that just kept me from doing anything because the truth is that if you do anything truly from inside yourself, it's going to be different from what anybody else did because nobody's you, nobody has your experiences, nobody has your neural net. So if I had spent less time worrying about being original and spent more time just actually sitting down and doing it, I think that would, that would have been good. <laughs> I, there was some writer once, I can't remember who said it, but it was one of the best pieces of advice I ever read. i said, you know, people always ask me where my ideas come from. Well, I don't know where my ideas come from, but I know where they go to. They go to my desk. And if I'm not sitting there, I don't get them. That's that, good. That's really it, you know, sit there and do it.
1: Well, Jenny, it's been a pleasure talking to you.
2: Well, this has been totally fun, and I feel so, feel so <laughs> professional and important. <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> you, got, you have some good advice, though, here. <laughs> Thanks for joining me on this episode of Composer Quest with Jenny Katz. Jenny's album, Galaxies, is available as a pay-what-you-want download at jennykatz.bandcamp.com. That's Jenny, K-A-T-Z, And if you enjoyed the episode Remember you can find more of these interviews At composerquest.com I have over 30 episodes up now So plenty of good interviews to check out I'll leave you with part of a song From Jenny's album Galaxies Called Ernst Named after the classic Bond villain
0: Mommy was a narcissist And daddy was a drunk not that I believe It's only parents who determine how the kids turn out But there are those who shouldn't breathe They didn't pay attention And they didn't seem to care Probably would have left him with a sitter But the truth is they forgot that he was there Let me tell you, he remembered. In Later years when the therapist would probe him For the root of all his anger Here's what he would tell I only wanted to be held The day that he turned nine He got a kitten in a box Snowball was a stand-in For all the petting that he never ever got Happy birthday, darling Darling, I want to ride a missile to the moon Ten-second countdown No one left to stop it now Red reactor meltdown